Welcome to Earth Riot Radio. I'm Reverend Billy, and this is the Earth Church. We meet in the Lower East Side of New York City every Sunday at 5 p.m. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a preview of this week's sermon. This is called Reflections on a Week from Hell. You know what week I'm talking about? The one just concluded? Well, maybe it's still going on. We'll find out. A curious thing happened on the way to the 11th rally and march. (laughs) We shouted ourselves silly with anger until we lost our voices, but then we found a way of seeing and hearing each other. And as the Supreme Court defeated us day after day, issue after issue, ruling after ruling, we decided to leave some things behind and join a migration slipping over boundaries into neighboring issues. For instance, the women fighting assault weapons in the hands of children did not stop marching when Roe was defeated. Such women were the hosts of the gigantic rallies of that first day with the fresh pain of Buffalo and Uvalde, Texas. And we shouted language, and we thought we'd never be topped. We just shouted and shouted, but then the road defeat came. And that retuned our saxophones, and we kept shouting out into the void, shouting with each other. The big-time lawyers in robes demanded that the reproductive body of women become legal property of their state religion. And so we together, as we shouted, we were watching the violence of guns and row, swirling together in a bitter stew. The day one issue, and the day two issue, and the day three issue, we were being taken painfully beyond issues-based thinking. There were so many of them, and they combined. Pretty soon, the strong force of the universe was emerging, the commonalities of all our justice struggles brought on a new kind of clarity. We were pulled back to a panopticon of real life so that we could see everybody's justice work equally, a radical democratizing of our vision. Some groups were ready, more ready than others, for this multi-issue attack by the Supremes. A woman in Gays Against Guns, for instance, had more anticipation of the wild ride of this week. From the two-issue perspective of Gays Against Guns, she may have seen this coming because she followed her compassion by freely roaming from one cause identity to another and back again. She could attend the super rallies each day and go from issue to issue without suffering the dizziness that some of us were suffering, a kind of vertigo, a vertigo of too much justice. Oh my God, what a week. For a lot of us, the positive intersectionality was just very intense, even bewildering. In speeches, it was bewildering for speakers too. They were searching for words to include everybody, include all the issues. After this week, 
Will the 70 separate lefty issues on our computer every morning become one single way of life? Yes, there's, there's an encouraging hope in all this. During Pride Weekend, we saw speakers searching for phrases to explain the radical reach of one larger thing that includes every issue. A whole not smaller than its parts. Amen? Am I reaching some clarity here? <laughs> Am I making sense? We might hear a new language from speakers with sound systems, or we might have a breakthrough come to us from a friend speaking nearby, maybe overhear a story building and building throughout the week with more and more inclusion of more sublanguages surfacing into the sunlight, changing every day. Oh, this week from hell, hard work. And as Pride Weekend began, here comes another slew of issues. The design of daily hate came down upon us and started colliding with this celebration we expected to have. We thought we had established some laws of love, marriages between any kind of desire, any kind of gender. Roe versus Wade seemed to threaten those time-honored new freedoms. At one point, the drag march collided with the 10 blocks long row march of women. It happened at 5th Avenue and 9th Street. The carnivale of glitter and men in dresses and dance music crossing the island east to west from the East Village to Stonewall was broadsiding the 25,000 women heading uptown to Times Square. But then as the groups merged, friends started calling out each other's names, and some folks swapped parades. What a week. godchildren and I've got nephews and nieces and I care about the world they're going to live in and it strikes me as obscene not that they're going to have a lower standard of living and a harder time buying houses because all that's bad enough but that the very fabric and structure and feel of the world will be awful for them unless we start to take steps real steps and they're the ones who are leading us to taking those steps and they're doing it in a very impressive way I think it's loud and it's disruptive we should stop and think about the word disruption for a moment do you remember when Facebook started Zuckerberg said move fast and break things break things is Anglo-Saxon for disruption disruption just means breaking disruption can can be a, an awful thing it can ruin the way the world is but there's another form of disruption, which is to stop the world going down the wrong path, to disrupt a destructive journey. And that's what Extinction Rebellion, for example, does. And of course it's maddening. 
Who wants to be stuck in a traffic jam, not being able to cross a bridge, not being able to use a motorway, not being able to get home for this holiday or to see their family, or all kinds of legitimate and utterly reasonable excuses for being maddened by Extinction Rebellion. Just put yourselves 10 or 15 years in the future and look around a ruined landscape where there's violence and unpleasantness and instability and a kind of Mad Max horror threatening. And then say, damn, it was a nuisance when I couldn't cross that bridge. Hmm? The fact is, you sometimes have to sacrifice the present to save the future. Hello, welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. New Caledonian humpback whales in the west of Australia learn songs from their counterparts from Australia's east coast with remarkable accuracy. This really indicates a level of cultural transmission beyond any observed non-human species, lead author Jenny Allen said. We found they actually learned the exact sounds without simplifying or leaving anything out. And each year we observed them, they sang a different song. So it means humpback whales can learn an entire song pattern from another population very quickly, even if it's complex or difficult. The findings support the idea that songs are being learned by whales on shared migration routes or shared feeding grounds like Antarctica. Data and social scientists from the University of Chicago have developed a new algorithm that forecasts crime by learning patterns in time and geographic locations from public data on violent and property crimes. The model can predict future crimes one week in advance with about 90% accuracy. Concerns about police bias in response and enforcement were also analyzed in the study. Researchers were careful to note that the tool's accuracy does not mean that it should be used to direct law enforcement, with police departments using it to swarm neighborhoods proactively to prevent crime. Researchers have developed a small, soft, flexible implant that relieves pain on demand and without the use of drugs. The first-of-its-kind device could provide a much-needed alternative to opioids and other highly addictive medications. It works by softly wrapping around nerves to deliver precise, targeted cooling, which numbs nerves and blocks pain signals to the brain. After the device is no longer needed, it naturally absorbs into the body, bypassing the need for surgical extraction. Cambridge researchers studying cognition, behavior, and the brain have concluded that people with dyslexia are specialized to explore the unknown. This is likely to play a fundamental role in human adaptation to changing environments. Scientists think this explorative bias has an evolutionary basis and plays a crucial role in our survival. Based on these findings, which were apparent across multiple domains, from visual processing to memory and at all levels of analysis, the researchers argue that we need to change our perspective of dyslexia as a neurological disorder. Lead author Dr. Helen Taylor said, We believe that the areas of difficulty experienced by people with dyslexia result from a cognitive trade-off between exploration of new information and exploitation of existing knowledge, with the upside being an explorative bias that could explain enhanced abilities observed in certain realms like discovery, invention, and creativity. Reindeer eyes undergo physical change as the seasons turn, which allows them to see clearly in the long winter twilight. Wolves and reindeer improve their sensitivity to arctic twilight with a mirror behind the retina. When light enters the eye and passes through the retina, not all of it is detected and absorbed by specialized neurons called photoreceptors. 
The mirror instead reflects it back through the retina for a second time, when more light will be detected. The reindeer sees an image that is brighter, but slightly fuzzier because the mirror scatters some light sideways, a bit like a misted glass. This is an advantage in dim light because the animal relies more on visual contrast and motion than visual sharpness. The mirror, called the tapetum lucidum, or shining carpet, evolved independently in many animals. Important exceptions include humans and raptors who need crisp images. The research showed that reindeer eyes undergo a unique seasonal change in its tapetum lucidum and change color, reflecting gold turquoise light in the summer and mirroring deep blue in the twilight of winter. Through intricate study of cave deposits in Spain, geologists identified a rapid rise in sea level that started during the Industrial Revolution. Rapid advances in industrial technology mark an inflection point in our climate. According to the research, the sea level has risen 18 centimeters since the start of the 20th century. The team found evidence of a previously unknown 20-centimeter sea level rise that occurred nearly 3,200 years ago, when ice caps melted naturally over the course of 400 years at a rate of 0.5 millimeters per year. Otherwise, despite major climatic events like medieval warm period and the Little Ice Age, the sea level remained exceptionally stable until 1900. The results reported in our study are alarming, said lead author Bogdan P. Onak. The sea level rise since the 1900s is unprecedented when compared to the natural change in ice volumes over the last 4,000 years. This implies that if global temperatures continue to rise, sea levels could eventually reach higher levels than scientists previously estimated. A species of sea urchin in the Mediterranean Sea will be able to live in our future climate-changed seas, while other animals will die as the waters become hotter and more acidic. Urchins, already one of the most abundant animals in the Mediterranean, will likely plunder further afield as oceans continue to warm and become more acidic. The Mediterranean Sea is warming 20% faster than the global average, with predicted warming of up to 5.8 degrees Celsius by 2100. When urchin numbers swell disproportionately, they ravage kelp forests and algae, causing the demise of other species that rely on kelp for food or shelter. What's left, a rocky, sandy, urchin-filled seafloor, is known as an urchin barren. War is likely humanity's major driver of social complexity. Researchers identified 17 different variables that influence socio-political complexity and devised an algorithm to determine which of these is the biggest driver of this process. Summarizing their findings, the authors wrote that this analysis identified an unexpectedly simple web of causation in which the chief drivers of increasing social complexity and scale are agriculture and warfare. Breaking the data down further, they explained that the advent of just two military technologies, namely iron weapons and cavalries, to eclipse all other factors as the greatest facilitators of social complexity in human history. Military technologies have triggered the expansion of three specific aspects of civilization, these being the size of the territory occupied by a society, the intricacy of the ruling hierarchy, and the emergence of specialized bureaucratic and legal institutions. A recent rise in the number of earthquakes experienced in Texas over the last decade are likely due to oil and gas production, including the highly contentious practice of hydraulic fracturing, or fracking. Tracking all of the earthquakes of magnitude 1.5 and above from 2017 to 2020, the study found 68% of them were directly linked to activity in oil and gas, whether it be direct hydraulic fracturing or dumping the wastewater into geological formations. 
And now, the sounds of extinction. The Supreme Court of the United States has limited how the nation's main anti-air pollution law, the Clean Air Act, can be used to reduce carbon dioxide emissions from power plants, specifically coal power plants. By a 6-3 to three vote, with conservatives in the majority, the court said that the Clean Air Act does not give the Environmental Protection Agency broad authority to regulate greenhouse gas emissions from power plants that contribute to global warming. The court held that Congress must speak with specificity when it wants to give an agency authority to regulate on an issue of major national significance. The ruling is seen as a major blow to climate policy in the U.S. and will have far-reaching consequences on any effort to regulate corporations. And here, the sounds. of greenhouse gas emissions. Silence. On the seventh day, the Earth Church, we had our own bad ruling. The court gutted the EPA and gave the okay to the polluters and the big carbon emitters like our devils, Chase Bank, Exxon. Now the federal government can't stop the hatred of life itself. I guess it's up to us now, right? Somebody give me an Earthalluyah. So we went down to Foley Square, the site of the New York State Supreme Court, to the rally and march that, for which we felt some responsibility. And all our collegial friends were there from sunrise to Extinction Rebellion. Instead of 25,000 people, there were about 500 of us. And everyone was so exhausted, we could hardly stand. But we had been working hard. Each of our groups carried its own history of love, struggling for the earth against the traditions of fear. The Supremes, they are betting that we will just enter our cages of hate, like good little consumers, like good little obedient religious believers. But it may be that they have created, without knowing it, a general hybrid, a new kind of justice seeker made of all the causes. This week we may have become the supermajority. Now I want to preach. And it started with our colliding marches, with the new direct action supergroups that will rise out of this tumult. Some of us thought that if the left ever got together in unity, it would be the Earth's crisis that would do that. And that may still be the case, but we learned this week that we are in this, all of us in this together. 
No issue is the mother of all issues, but all the issues live in one issue. We will continue to reside with our skills within the work that we do best, but without walls. No walls anymore. Sorry, Donald Trump and your justices. And now the next march, the 4th of July, we celebrate our independence from the laws that separate us. <laughs>